0: Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God.
1: This is Dan Stephanie Burke with Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest,
0: your hermitage of the heart,
1: your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints to help us to not just survive the storm, but thrive in it and help others to do the same.
0: Right. Yeah. Your life is not about you.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things I love about the Apostle VA community, mm-hmm. live light and lead, live the contemplative light, the mission, live the contemplative life, lead, uh, light the way to others, which is reveal it, show it and invite them and then personally, you know, walk with them and help them. I almost use the accompany word, which I really don't like. But, um, anyway, that's really what this show is about. What this book is about. Yeah. Is how do you progress in the interior life and stay on the narrow way and continue to make
0: progress. Meet the one who made you right, for an eternal relationship with him. Which, which He's calling. exist. Right.
1: Awesome. So, uh, Battles of the Fifth Mansion. So the Fifth Mansion, contextually, the person at this point is definitely past habitual mortal sin, past habitual venial sin. They're in well into the illuminative way in the Fifth Mansion. And uh, now the temptations shift. They are starting to shift in the Fourth Mansion where he knows, knows he can't tempt you with mortal sin quite as much. Um, but in the fifth mansion, it the temptation shift to uh, deceptions of uh, regarding good. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he tempts you either with false goods or real goods that are not God's will. Does that right. make sense?
0: Yeah, an angel of light. Right, which St. Right?
1: Paul talks about in the New Testament.
0: Right, right. And I, I always think it's fascinating when you consider the name of Satan, which is Lucifer, mm-hmm. it means angel of light, light bearer, light bearer, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, think of who he would have been had he not fallen, right? Um, but the Lord, you know, makes him accomplish his his will anyway yeah. in the world, and so he brings that false light um, because he, you know, has all these creative ways that he can do that. But what happens is if we're awake and we're paying attention, the Lord will use that with our cooperation um, and our diligence to bring about greater good. Yeah.
1: One misconception people can have about being tempted with goods that are not God's will is that it it isn't strictly true that that happens in the fifth mansion. It's just very common in the fifth mansion. So for anyone going from good to better, so The moment you really begin to fight mortal sin and 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 make good spiritual progress, if you're susceptible to this temptation, the enemy will tempt you. So, even if you're not in the fifth mansion, it's a good chapter to read to understand how he tempts uh, in this way.
0: Yeah, this is the reason that I mean, you and I, it's it's part of our charism and the charism of apostolivia, but we believe so strongly that this contemplative life this this way of mental prayer and 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 following the lord in this way plus discernment of spirits is so crucial because if you go into prayer and you do not discern what's happening and you're not using discernment of spirits in your everyday life and making decisions and Weighing what to do, what not to do, how the enemy tempts you, self awareness, and all of this, you can really fall. Yeah. So, discernment of spirits is just so incredibly important. And it's not to focus on the enemy. We need to understand discernment of spirits is not focusing on the devil. What it is, is understanding how he works against us so that we can fight, yeah. resist, and, and, focus on the Lord draw near to the, the draw, Lord. N- draw near to the Lord the right?
1: practice the, the, the principal fruit in my opinion of discernment of spirits is actually hearing understanding to hear the, the, the voice of God better right which is uh, might be an unusual conclusion to draw because some people do think it's focusing on the enemy. But it's it, the the opposite or the end result is not that, actually. You begin right. to know the voices in your head and where they're coming from. Right. That means you know his and you better follow him.
0: Right, right.
1: So maybe, uh, why don't you give an example? Because you've got some good stuff. Although uh, I want to reserve that locution at the kitchen sink for next mansion because okay. we talk about locutions then. Okay. But maybe give some examples of how we're tempted to Good when it's not, we're not supposed to do it. But I'll give you a second to think because I want to just tell folks. Okay, go ahead. By the time this show airs, uh, I know EWTN's religious catalog will have uh, The Devil in the Castle in stock and they have Spiritual Warfare and Discernment of Spirits. So you might buy the bundle and read uh, DOS first, uh, Discernment of Spirits first, and then read this. It'll help you. Yeah. yeah. And they'll have Teresa Valvo's Interior Castle too. Yeah. You can get all of them. But anyway, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Um, So, do do you have a particular event? I I mean, I have something, but I don't know that it's supposed to come right now. So, do you have something?
1: No, I just wondered if you had some places where in your life, you were tempted to do something good, but it was not God's will,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, even though it was good. So, it's really common for a person at this stage that they have a love for other souls. Mm-hmm. They have a love for people because God is really working in them. And what will happen is the enemy will bring people into their lives who are very needy and mm-hmm. need help.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and the person has to be very careful
0: mm-hmm.
1: as to who they, who they choose to help. Right. Because often they'll have a lot more people to help than they can actually help. Right. which is a little bit of a problem that you have yeah, right now.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that happens a lot. Um, especially when you're, when you're giving yourself over completely to loving and serving others. Right.
1: Which is what we do for a, a, a living, if you will. I don't know. It right. sounds weird, but it's not to make money, but it's, no, I mean, it's,
0: now. it's 24 yeah. seven is, is what we do. And one thing comes to mind and, and I've, I've had to really grapple with this, and you know, kind of deal with it, and and I've seen it played out in lives of other beautiful, holy people, you know. Um, and one of those is that sometimes, while you are very uh, engaged in family life, and I think this is particularly important for parents. So you mm-hmm. have children, you're walking the way. Um, you're trying to be holy. And I, fa- I think you even talk about an example in this chapter. And, and so your primary vocation is your marriage. So your your role is husband and wife. And then secondarily from that, it's your role as parent, your children. Everything else comes after that, right? You, you have to put your priorities in, in order. So it's daughter or son of the king, uh, wife or husband, and then parent, right, to your children, and then everybody else. Right? Work. Work, all of that, right? Um, I, I I, have grappled a little bit with, I, somebody came into our life that really needed help, really needed help. Now, the Lord has brought tremendous good out of it, and, and the person is now free. Um, we accompanied them. Through deliverance and all of that, but during that time, um, my attention shifted, and and it's heartbreaking for me to admit, um, but it's true. Yeah. You know, I was way too busy as a Catholic school principal. I was trying to be a good mother, good wife, all of that stuff, and then the Lord, you know, this person shows up in our life, and I ended up loving and serving them very closely during that time, the enemy took a swing at one of our kids, you know, and got, got a hook in. Right. And I, there were too many moving parts, you know, and I was spread too thin. Um, If I had it to do over again, I would have did it differently. You
1: would have still served the person.
0: I would have still served them, but I would have been more discerning, more distant. Um,
1: You would have had more people. Stepping in, yes, yeah. Yeah. To, to, yeah. yes, yeah, right. that was and
0: and so, um, it, it, it created a lot of pain and suffering in our life. Now, that being said, the Lord's brought tremendous good. In fact, so much of our ministry in deliverance ministry, like, like now we have a ministry called Liberatio where we do a, a lay, um type of deliverance thoroughly catholic uh, thoroughly catholic um so you know a lot of things have been birthed out of that pain and, and and that experience um but still my heart grieves for the errors and and the ways that i dropped the ball during that time so that we both did you know in some ways and and so what's interesting is that the part of another part of that fruit is that We had somebody that's close to us call us and say, hey, you know, this this exorcist keeps inviting me to go help in the ministry and wanted discernment. So we talked through it. They had a number of children, like a bunch of children, teens down to little ones all the way down. Marriage, very busy life, you know, all of that. And as we talked through it, I said, absolutely not. This isn't God's will. There are other people in and, and primary and usually it's people that are retired that end up helping in the ministry that yeah. ch- they're empty nesters. Empty nesters. Yeah. You know, their ch- kids, kids, are gone, kids are not right? Right? as vulnerable. Right. Because children are vulnerable. And if you're not keeping your eyes on what you're supposed to be doing the enemy can come in and start taking out the weakest link. you know weakest link in your family and you have to be discerning and i love what father Rippiger says he says the enemy's not under every rock but he's under every other rock yeah. and you have to pay attention when there's a lot of movement a lot of spiritual movement a lot of spiritual warfare going on in your life be careful because the enemy's always at work he's always prowling he's always looking for a soul to devour and we don't live in fear, but we must be astute. We must pay attention. We must make sure that those primary concerns of ours as spouse, parent, you know, all of that are covered first and thoroughly before we discern to do anything outside of that with other people. So
1: well said, well said. So that, so in this mansion, the battles often are very much about temptations to good that are not god's will because not every good is god's will
0: and it can be temptation to pride
1: yeah if if there is a good that takes you away from your primary state or does harm to your primary state in life that is certainly not god's will when we get back from the break we'll talk more about the tactics of the enemy and the fifth mansion
0: okay we'll be right back
2: Discover more and apply today at avila-institute.org.
1: This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Well, uh,
0: I'm no, sorry, I'm
1: sorry, sorry, I'm jumping into the intro to the show. I really right. like the intro to the show, right? All right, so Fifth Mansion battles. How does the enemy attack? Holy souls, healthy souls, souls moving really in the right direction. There's another uh, front that's really commonly uh, commonly surfaced. Uh, bad, you know. Wow. Can you just like take over, please? <laughs> can you rescue this whole thing?
0: So, so part one of the signs of this this mansion of prayer is that the soul will experience more mystical experiences, right? Yeah. And it really starts third mansion. It can start anywhere. Yeah. But it kind of ramps up during it's, this. Time. It's more normative. It's more normative. Fourth,
1: fifth, and beyond. Right. Yeah. Right. Fifth and beyond, in particular. And
0: and the Lord allows this because He's drawing the soul to Him. Yeah. You know, part of it is candy to draw the Lord. You know, draws closer to Him. But then the enemy, as as the uh, the you know, can be an angel of light as well. Yeah. As Teresa has told us. Or feign. Us. Right. It can feign it, and so she says. Uh, or So this is from your book, Teresa, St. Teresa notes that the enemy can also cause the soul to enter into a kind of mystical state that it might interpret is from of God, right. but is not from God. And the way to discern this difference involves several aspects that are described as a kind of rapture. Rather than focus excessively on the false variations of this experience, St. Teresa reveals the characteristics of an authentic contemplative encounter with God. So you start to list out, okay, so somebody has an experience. It can almost even feel like a rapture, right? And so how do you discern if that's of God or of the enemy? And so rather than focusing on whether it's from the enemy, we focus on, is it of God, right? We're testing all spirits, right? Didn't St. Saint Paul, Saint Paul says that?
1: Yeah, test all things, uh, hold fast to that which is true. St. John, uh, the beloved disciple also in in his epistles said to uh, to test all things. And so, yeah, that's what we're supposed, everything we're supposed to test. Not even, you know, here's a tough one, right? Uh, there was a, mist, uh, a supposed mystic a few years ago that was getting a lot of traction and a lot of good people believed in him and i didn't I, I i think it's a gift of the lord at times to give me insights that are not easy to see when there's false but this person was magisterium faithful um was in the perception of all very humble um but uh from the from day one i was skeptical and then of course it ended up being proved that that he was uh, deceiving people and lying and that sort of he even threatened me once for personally which was weird but the the appearance of good and Magisterium faithfulness are not always a sign that someone is uh, That the mystical experiences they're relaying are from God if they're actually relaying them. I mean, I, I I know somebody and I won't reveal too much here, but they're in a state of habitual mortal sins. So they're very immature Christian who are just convinced they are a prophet. I'm a prophet. This is what I am. And it's because they went to some encounter thing or whatever. I don't know where they went. And the enemy keeps telling them this and they're fully convinced. And I can tell you uh, because I know them reasonably well, there's no chance that they have that gift, but, they're totally obsessed and distracted and every time i talk with them they say i'm this you know which is a clear obsession uh, not a true movement of god so you've got to be really careful when Mm -hmm. you get into the realm of mystical encounters that you judge not only the experience and the feeling the elation that comes which i call false peace but the fruits that come and you've got to really test what your you know what it is that you you know you think is going on by other people if you use your own judgment you're in trouble not all spiritual directors are even capable of judging these things mm-hmm. um, which is one of the reasons i wanted to write this book
0: yeah I, I think it's one of the the beauties of community too or a holy marriage where you can really stay close to someone and they can call you out and go hey you know I know that you felt this and everything, but the fruits of it, mm-hmm. you know, you seem angrier, you're yeah. more agitated, you've you become prideful, whatever. You're obsessed. It is. You're obsessed. There's something wrong here, and I'm concerned. Yeah. And please, Jesus, that the person will listen, right? Yeah. So the the fruits need to mirror the fruits of the holy spirit
1: and sometimes they can can't be judged in the first instance right no, or in can, the moment you have to watch over, it over time yeah over time so the one thing i want to make sure we get to before the end of the show is this the the worst advice most commonly given to people in the church and everybody who does that should be taken out to the wood. does this should be taken out to the woodshed and not good things happen in the woodshed to bad little boys but that is do, that is, that. If you have peace, it's from God. And I know so I said earlier, I wish I had a buzzer that said, that was amazing. I want to have a buzzer that says, you know, pay attention, like a huge right. buzzer noise. It is not true, folks, that if you feel peace, what you're doing is of God. It, that is not, a, you know, nobody can judge the peace to be true or false unless they know the entire context of the person's spiritual life. Right. or a great deal of the context of a person's spiritual life
0: or whether the behavior is you know moral or immoral right. like and i i this is always a great example that you use that if if a young man is living with his girlfriend right and he's happy and happy right in quotes and in love and in peace you can't look of that you can't look at that and go oh well he's nice now and he seems at peace yeah. and blah 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 but he's living in a state of mortal sin that peace is false peace yeah that right, is not of, of hell. god yeah that is not of god that is the enemy so you have to look at the morality of what's coming out of somebody's life whether their behaviors are morally right or wrong
1: right but even so e- yes that's an easy example but even but in this state we're not dealing with that kind of sin right we're dealing with someone who's judging between two goods and and one and both wh- the good that God wants them to do maybe is harder and is a cross. And the good that the enemy wants them to do maybe is, uh, you know, feeds the ego. Like you talked about that person who was being asked to assist an exorcist. That's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it could easily inflate your pride. And thankfully in this person it didn't, or if it did, they fought it, didn't reveal it to us. But you gotta be very careful that what the Lord is drawing to you is actually His will, and your peace, or the perception of peace, or the, the the is not necessarily a good indicator of whether or not it's God's will. It may be, but it has to be taken into account, and there are a lot of other factors.
0: Yeah, I think one of the most important factors is if somebody, if, you know, if your priest came, or your spiritual director came and said, no, mm-hmm. you can't do this, mm-hmm would you submit right right and if you wouldn't if you'd put up a fight and and it becomes a, an obsession or an attachment mm-hmm. that tells you that there's something wrong because if if you have a good a holy priest and a good spiritual director and they discern outside of you that you should not do something if you can't submit to that that's a bad sign that's really a bad sign because the lord uses he 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 says He wants obedience from us right you know even even when like the lord respects the authority uh, and the hierarchy of the church he respects that and so he he's designed it and so if we're told through holy mother church don't do that yeah as long as it's not telling us to go do some sinful act Um, we should be able to submit to that and wait on the Lord until we're given permission.
1: i give a personal example, at least on the positive side, about obedience and that sort of thing, is I uh, had the opportunity to write an article on um, Black Lives Matter, an aspect of their public statements about their spirituality and that sort of thing. And I I don't like to write. I write a lot, but I don't like doing it. It's penitential. I do it because I love the people of God and the church. But I didn't want to write the article, but I did have a special insight into what was going on uh, and experience. And so I asked my spiritual director and a bishop friend of mine, and both of them said, not only should you, but you must. Mm -hmm. And then so I did it, which was high risk because those things can draw you into cancel culture and that sort of thing. But the point being, how I felt about it didn't determine whether or not I did it. I wasn't looking for peace to say, "Oh yeah, you should do this," because I I never had peace about writing that piece until both of them said, "You should do it."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what else uh, really struck you in this uh, chapter? Anything else you want to cover?
0: Um, well, I mean, going back to whether something's true or not, I think it's important that um, you know that mystical experiences, you know, they tend to not be long in nature. They're Mm -hmm. rather short, authentic ones, authentic ones. Right. Um, that in it, you know, the person neither sees, hears, nor understands what is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord has drawn them so close that, you know, so they come out of it and what they realize is something happened. They feel that it is of God. They know it is of God and, and the fruit, you know, plays out fruit is a big fruit is huge. Um, there are no lasting thoughts associated with the encounter, you know, um, that the soul experiences joy that is beyond all joys and nothing like it, um, has ever experienced, um, that they have never experienced that in their life before. Like it's so beyond anything.
1: And it's usually a surprise, right?
0: It's, it, it's not, you know, we can't cause these things to happen. The the consolations, the gifts, the what spiritual, true mystical spiritual experiences of God, cannot be created. We cannot grasp at them. We cannot do anything except prepare for them.
1: You know, I think you actually had one in our last um, Sojourners meeting when yeah. we were to, we were reflecting on the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass through the lens of Scupelli and yeah. spiritual combat. And it took you totally by surprise, brought you to tears as you're experiencing it. Right. Um, And I think that's a great example. You didn't expect it and you got hit. Right. And it was very powerful. I mean, obviously we don't know what was going on inside of you, but it was overwhelming to you Mm -hmm. to the point where you couldn't talk Mm -hmm. in in moments. So those are some things. Other things in this chapter you'll find that'll help you, uh, criticism, it's common for the enemy to tempt you to criticism of others in this stage because you're prideful. It it happened earlier on, we mentioned it, but then later on it resurges, it it grows again because you know you're making objectively a lot of spiritual progress Mm -hmm. and he'll draw you to do that, to tempt you to be confident in your self perception and thus to a lack of humility. So there's a lot of other things that you can uh, glean from this chapter. It's actually quite, the last, last chapters in the book, the book was hard to write because it got thicker and thicker as it went on. It was, it went on. So.
0: Well, if we could wrap that up, we always keep in mind, humility, humility, humility. Yeah. Okay. With that until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.